Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are, positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Liam, good morning, Lyle. How are you? I am fantastic this morning. That's fantastic to hear. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just running backwards and forwards between the desk here and the microphones at the moment, trying to make uh, all kinds of things work. Because I have a massive hiss in my ear, and that's about it. That's but anyway, deal. We'll get that in a minute. We, um, we will have a crack at that. What do you think before this morning? Oh well. Okay, I know I've been sort of uh, going on about this a little bit, but my house is now really wired, and I have lights all over the place, not just in my. Um, in one or two rooms, I've just got lights everywhere, which is amazing. I've got PowerPoints everywhere. I've got USB connections. I've got, um, yeah, it's just, it's just fantastic. It's truly amazing. Well, this morning, I am thankful because I got to save a life. About two minutes ago, okay. I went outside to fill up my water bottle and there was uh-huh. a little baby caterpillar on the ground. Yes. And uh, it was on the tiles. You avoided him. You avoided stepping on him. I did. And then I picked it up and took it outside and put it in the garden. And I'm thankful for that little caterpillar. Okay. So there we go. Maybe he will breed other little uh, moths who will breed other little caterpillars who will start a plague and destroy all of the vegetation and the market gardeners are all going to go broke. If it comes to that, I will be not thankful for that caterpillar. <laughs> but at this stage, <laughs> at this stage this morning, I am thankful for that caterpillar. I reckon. It's I'm sure he will turn into a beautiful butterfly and flit around and make the world a happy place. Indeed, indeed. Have you ever have you ever done that at school, like where you get the caterpillars and and. Watch them we grow. bred um, silkworms. Really? Oh, that was fantastic fun. We bred the um, the orange uh, butterflies. Okay. I can't remember what they're called. Emperor ones? I don't know. Yeah, those ones. Something like that. Anyway, we did that when I was at school. It was very, lots of fun. Loved it. Absolutely yep. loved it. And uh, yeah. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. I'll just tell you a quick story about yesterday that I was reminded of reading that um, the, the, the phone number there. I uh, I had to book a doctor's appointment to get a blood test, not for coronavirus, just to check my to check my iron levels. Um, so I had to book a do- doctor's appointment yesterday. And when I went to give them my phone number, I started off giving them the Faith FM text phone number one eight hundred three. Oh no, zero four nine one zero six four six yes. nine. And then I forgot yes. my own phone number, and I, I struggled for a bit. And then they they helped me. They looked at their own phone and said, "Is it is it this one here?" It's like, "Yes, that's the one." <laughs> and I felt like a bit of a goose. Ah uh, um, dear. So you know, after after two months of, of uh, saying this phone number every morning, I think it's finally starting to sink in. I don't need to look at the piece of paper anymore, um, but it's starting to over overtake the other number. Anyway, moving on to positively different news this morning. There is a man in America who is, is 82 years old, I think, and five years ago, his wife died. So he's getting a bit, uh, sorry, seven years ago, his wife died. And um, he's getting a bit lonely at the moment. And one thing that he's always been all about is positivity. You know, making, trying to find the positive things in everything. And he loves to sing and dance and loves to, loves music. And one thing that he's been doing is while he's been FaceTiming his, his kids and his grandkids is he's been dancing. Um, but typically you need someone else to dance with. And since. Yeah, well, it depends what kind of dance you do. Oh, he's doing like he's doing couple dancing. Okay, um, yeah, like ballroom dancing. Ballroom kind of dancing, and it's yeah, very yeah, yeah. clearly ballroom dancing in in the video that I watched this morning. Because I can say a lot of modern dancing, like at a club or a pub or something like that, you do by yourself. 
That looks a little bit silly, though. <laughs> and typically, typically depends, depends what your taste is in 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 dancing. But anyway, okay. So you're doing ball, ballroom dancing by himself. By him? Well, sort of. Okay. Do you want to know who his, who his dancing partner is? A broom. The broomstick, 100%. 100%. <laughs> How did I guess? Nailed it right there, says so dancing with the broomstick. He's dancing with the broomstick and uh, he's having a great old awesome. time listening to some great tunes. And um, I don't even know why my subconscious said that. It must be a bit of a thing somewhere. I think so. Uh, I, I always, I've, I've danced with the broom before. There was one time I danced with the broom and um, I sat on the couch and then put my feet on top of the, the broom part of the broom and um, whacked it back and it came and whacked my face and I knocked a tooth out. <laughs> um, so I, I haven't done it a lot since then. But um, And it not was a baby not tooth. Such, not such a great dance partner. No, no. Well, do you mean the broomstick or me? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, maybe the broomstick is complaining about that one as well. Indeed. So, um, and it, yeah, that was a bit of an experience from way back when. But yeah, this, this, old, this old dude has been uh, finding positivity with his grandkids and yeah, Good on him. We need to find him a real dance partner. We do indeed. We might know a couple of people. Anyway, um, so moving on to another story, we, another update on our favourite Brit at the moment, our favourite man from London, uh, Captain uh, Tom Moore, or rather Colonel, the Honourable Colonel Tom Moore. Yes, because he got a promotion, didn't he? He did indeed. Uh, so this is the guy that walks around his backyard to raise money for charity and has raised like a ridiculous amount of money. $33 million. Pounds, $33 million by walking around. Pounds. Pounds. Which is over $60 million. Uh, and he has been... How, how old is this guy again? Uh, as of April, I can't, I can't remember exactly which date, he turned 100. And he just walks... How far has he walked so far? He did 1,000 laps of his... He hasn't done any walking since. Right. He's just been... You know, he did 1,000 laps of his 1,000 laps of his garden and raised a, a ton of money. Yeah, he's um, a hero. So, yeah. So, a quick update on, on all the things that he's got, and then I'll get into the new, to the new award he's been given. So, he was uh, made an honorary colonel. He was given a fly pass by the Royal Air Force. He was made an honorary member of the England cricket team. I didn't know that one. I found that one out this morning. Um, but his latest honour... The latest honour that I thought was fantastic and brilliant uh, that was given to, uh, that was bestowed upon the Tom Morris recently is he was awarded the Freedom of the City of London. Now, this award, it dates back to 1237. So okay, Freedom of the City of London. Let's think about that for a moment. So he's now allowed to, what, freely move around London? Uh, is this not a thing before? Uh, so this signifies the holder is not owned by a feudal lord and has the right to trade in the heart of London's ancient core. And <laughs> I found a couple of other pretty brilliant, amazing things that I thought was so cool. Okay. Uh, some honours and privileges that came with this. Uh, and he thought it was quite amusing too. An ancient privileged that if it comes to this, should he be hanged, he should be hanged with silk rather than with hemp. Okay. <laughs> but for some reason, it's just like, all right. <laughs> if it comes Whatever. to that. Um, I don't think it will. He's a, he's a very uh, gentleman. Uh, another thing, I think he may just do this one actually. He has the right to wander the city with his sword drawn. <laughs> this is epic. Oh, I would so do that if I was him. I'd just go and buy myself a sword, some random sword somewhere. Just so you could walk just around. Just so I could walk around with it. <laughs> and when the coppers pull me up, I'm like, you can't have that. And it's like, well, actually, I can. I know. <laughs> I've, I've got this I've got this piece of, pa piece of paper that gives me the honour and the privilege of doing that. Um, oh, I so, would so do that. I would so do that. So uh, Captain Moore, he just turned 100, but... 
it, it was given a detailed history of his privileges, and he is now uh, the London's youngest person to be awarded this honour. Oh, really? If, he's if, the youngest person to ever be awarded? At 100 years old. If, I'm what I'm, if what I'm reading is correct, then yes, he's, he's the youngest person. That kind of bizarre because in the 1200s, they didn't really live much past No, 40s. so uh, may, maybe it's in, in modern history. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, the youngest free man. about that. We might but if you're a, going to give somebody the right to walk around with a drawn sword, you wouldn't want them to be young and sprightly necessarily. Oh, absolutely. That might be a little bit of a health hazard. Um, but there, it, might, it could be a health hazard for an elderly person. What if they trip over? Yes. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Hey? That's right. But oh, I just... <laughs> Captain, the more we learn about uh, the Honourable Colonel Tom Moore, rather, <laughs> gets the hung, more he gets to be hung incredible with silk. we just think he is. <laughs> I love that. He gets to be hung with silk. Yeah, well, I'm going to be hung. Well, um, I think I would prefer silk. Well, you, don't, like get to to be, you, know you don't get to have silk because you don't have that right. You're going to get hemp instead. <laughs> <laughs> what an awesome dude. Yeah, what it's, a good to, it's good to see people who don't give up on life, who continue to get out there. And, you know, we um, interviewed some a lady last week from Kurumbong who was in City to Surf at the age of 98. She did the City to Surf run at the age of 98, so 98 not out, not a bad uh, score right there. Good innings right there. And, of course, raising money for good causes. And, yeah, these people need to be our heroes. Definitely uh, hashtag life goal. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Joining us on the phone this morning is Health Director for the for our church in the North New South Wales region, Camilla Scaff. Camilla, welcome to the show. Hello, Lyle. Thank you for having me back. I always have a great time here. Super excited to have you on this week, particularly because it is Health Week. That's right. It's the most important week of the year, especially in these times that we're living today. Hey. Ah, that's for sure. Now, we've been talking about... Uh, Good, uh, New Year's resolutions by Australians and uh, how we can achieve better health. However, I understand that today we're going to be talking about zebras. Is that right? <laughs> That's right. So how do I we mean, get we good started... health from how do we get good health from zebras? And we'll have to we'll have, you'll have to wait and hear how zebras are going to bring you good health because I'm sure that's going to come up in what uh, Camilla is going to be sharing with us today. But we're actually going to be talking about stress. Is that right? That's right. And I, you know, just reminding of the series that we started in regards to the New Year resolutions. Um, if we recall well, two of the wishes or the main wishes for Australians had to do with lowering their financial burdens or stress. Um, We know from research today that over 35% of Australians, and this was looking back at 2015, they were overly stressed to the point of getting anxiety and depression from it. And it was on an increasing trend looking the previous five years. So now after COVID happened, can you only imagine how people are feeling? Do you think they're more stressed or less stressed, Lyle? Well, I know I'm more stressed, and I think <laughs> I think Liam is probably oh, more certainly. stressed. Yeah, it's it's been a very interesting period of time, but uh, very thankful that uh, we're, we're here today and we're still continuing to roll on. And I know you spent two weeks in uh, in in quarantine, coming back from a foreign country at one stage early on in the piece. So I th- I, w- I would expect that your stress level's gone up as well, Camilla. It has, and it's interesting enough, we went for holidays 
and uh, a nice trip about health in Fiji. And then we came back to Australia and we had to get come right back to the stress. But and one of the things, uh, another um, thing that Australians wanted to do more in 20, 2020 was to travel more in order to relax. So we know that COVID-19 pretty much took care of those two top 10 New Year resolution, easing financial burdens and travel more. So I thought about a relevant talk topic to bring it to you today is how to deal with stress, especially when it's a kind of stress you cannot control. Because, you yes. know, a little bit of stress is not that bad. It actually, it's part of life. Everybody deals with some sort of stress. What it's bad, it's when you, number one, are in an environment where there are stressors that you cannot control and you don't know what event. Or when you're just causing yourself stress all the time and you don't know how to say no for things that are stressing you out. Does that make sense? It does make sense. That makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, think about some, I mean, in your life, Lyle, what are the things that stress you out right now? Okay, the thing that's stressing me out right now is that I've kind of got a house to build. Well, half a house to build. Um, and so, yeah, that sort of um, hangs on my mind and, you know, I don't get much time to spend on it. And I sort of look at the size of the project and think, wow, how long before, before my wife will have a kitchen? Okay, well, that's good. It's good that you mention your wife. But you didn't say that she's the source of stress. That's good because I'm her friend. I could tell her, you know. <laughs> oh. yeah, so so you're gonna, I'm you're, always very, oh. always very careful when I'm on radio, Camilla, because the whole world gets to hear this. <laughs> okay, so building a house can be a source of stress. But do you realize that there are some things that you can actually say no to or actually plan so you're not stressed? But there are other things that you might not be able to control. For the, for example, the price of the bricks or the price of the things that you're going to use in the house and etc. Or how you can find those items that you need or not. Do you realize that? Yes. Okay, so that's where the zebras come. We that- can learn a lot from zebras. Okay. I, I'm, okay. I am super curious about what on earth... Um, zebras or zebras, whichever pronunciation you prefer. Zebras, yes. <laughs> I think zebras is the British one. Um, okay. I'm super confused about what zebras have to do with stress and how zebras are going to help me de-stress. Do I need to have a zebra in my backyard so I can go and pet it every time that I That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, would it? Look, that that is actually a good idea. Maybe if you don't have a zebra in your backyard, it's going to be a little bit difficult unless if you live in Africa. Um, but you can have – you can, and I would – strongly advise people to watch a documentary or anything you can find on zebra zebras or you could buy a book and uh, this the, the comments that i'll make it's based on a book called why zebras don't have ulcers like stomach ulcers right now that okay i've never thought about zebras not having stomach ulcers but i'm learning something new here this morning um, okay, so we're going to go very quick through it yes. uh, just to rise, raise your curiosity. And I think you're going to have to read the book or watch a documentary on it. But basically, have you ever watched a zebra? Uh, on documentaries. I've never seen one in real life. Okay. Um, but I've, so oh, well, I've seen I, them at zoos, but that's about it. Okay. I had the privilege to actually be with zebras when I went to visit the Maasai Mara. And one of the things that was always intriguing to me is that so, like, they would be just, like, happily eating, you know, waking up early with the sun, and they're always together, and they're eating the grass, like, that. there's nothing happening. And sometimes, right a few meters away, there would be some lions. And I would think, 
why, like, how come they're not worried that those lions can just simply decide to run away after them and chase them for their next meal? And so that was the number one thing that the author of the book brings in and share about because the zebras don't seem to worry much. Like they just go about life, they're living in the moment, they're eating their food and they're not, they're aware, they know the lion is right there, but they're not worrying about things that are not happening yet. Does that make sense? It does make sense. How close, How I've never thought of this, how close to the lions are these zebras? Oh, very close. Like I, like I would be sitting in this car, obviously, I was not walking near them, but I was in the open safari car and then the zebras would be like a few meters away from the lions and sometimes from other animals that could be predators as well. But one thing that I witnessed once, it was actually a lion that started running after the zebras. So I think the lion just decided, okay, it's time, I'm hungry, and yeah, I'm going to run right after those zebras right there. And so the lion started running, and it, it was really funny because, I mean, it wasn't funny for them, but to watch it, um, what was funny about it is that the lion started running, running, and then the zebra started running, obviously, away from the lion. And after a few seconds, it was not even a minute, to be honest, the lion stopped running and just gives up. And I, I asked, the, you know, the person who was with us, the local, uh, John, my friend, the Maasai guy, says, how come the lion stopped running? And he says, oh, you know what? It just plenty of food. So they just decide, you know, they're not going to do much effort. If they run after them and if they think they're not going to catch them within a certain time, they just stop. But what was funny about is that the zebras stopped running as soon as the lion stopped running. And guess what? They just go back and start eating right there on that spot. No hiding, no further running. And they just start eating like nothing happened ever before. Okay, you are completely melting my mind right now because if a lion started chasing me and I outran the lion, I think I'd still be running. That's right. And so I, those are the things that it didn't really fit my brain. And you know why? Because apparently, Lyle, uh, the humans are the only ones that really stress about things that didn't happen or didn't happen yet or the only ones that get anxious about what's going to happen tomorrow or later the animals actually don't stress over it as a matter of fact even the bible says look at the birds you're not concerned about what they're going to wear they're going to eat you know they just trust that god will take care of them and i guess that's the same thing with the zebras that's amazing object lesson right there and i think you know and, and this is in that same passage there a little bit further on i think it is where jesus says um you know, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You know, worry about That's today. It. Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. That's right. And another thing, as we were talking about stress, like I said, there are things that you can just find out the source of the stress and you can stop and you can say, I'm going to say no because I'm doing too many things. Or in your case with your house, I said, you know, I'm just going to build one thing every week and not stress over it. But do you realize, just like the zebras have the lions chasing after them pretty much on an everyday basis, the fact that they don't stress over it before it happened and they don't think about it after it happened, it really helps them. Because that has to do with something that our body will have that is called the fight or flight syndrome. Basically, when a stressor comes, 
your body gets that sort of adrenaline or response that you're able to take action. In the case of the zebras, they run. So they just get that boost and they run, run for their lives. And that way, in that mechanism of running, they are releasing that stress so much so that when they stop, it's over and they just go about their lives again. So that's something really interesting to learn because humans, they have not only a tendency to over worry about things that didn't even happen, but they also, when something happens, instead of relieving that stress, we could be with physical exercising, but it could be with other ways, like doing something like a hobby that you like, you know, observing nature, taking photos or maybe painting, some things that would be like a relieving or a releasing valve. Um, they instead tend to just become more sedentary and lonely. So a lot of times when humans are stressed, uh, they tend to sit in front of the TV and eat a bowl of candy, for example. And do you think that helps to relieve the stress? No, because that just only creates more problems to be stressed about. That's right. Because research shows us that all, you know, all of the stress-relieving strategies actually has to do with all of the lifestyle um, principles that we have talked about on our talks here, which we know well, it's just spending time in nature, do some exercise, get active, eating well. But one of the most important things I want to mention here, because I know our time is short, and so I want to uh, pretty much end with that, um, unless if you want to talk more. But it, it, was, it has to do with um, spending time with people, in a community that makes you happy, that you can be joyful with them. Because um, that's another lesson that we get from zebras. They're always together in community and that helps them. It gives them a boost. So when the danger comes, they are all rely on each other. And not only that, but they're just happy living in the green environment and being happy, it's a big, big way of releasing stress and not having to worry too much about what's coming tomorrow or what has happened before. I think that's a really important point that you brought out right there. And, you know, I just want to encourage all of our listeners, if you don't have a community that you're a part of that can provide that kind of support, and even if you do the very best type of community that you can be a part of to provide that support is a church community and you know they're freely available they're all around us right now they are you know beginning to open back up again uh as of this friday so this saturday um churches will be opening up with small groups and small groups are just a fantastic way of finding that kind of community camilla scaff thank you so much for uh joining us here today on uh faith fm okay i just want to share a free thing that i brought to you today which is a de-stress course. So this week, Health Week, we are offering some free lifestyle programs for everybody that may be watching or listening this case to be able to sign up. So if you're interested on a free online course with a personal support as well on how you can de-stress and learn more about the principles that we talked about today, call Faith FM and sign up for a course today. Okay, there's going to be a free course on how to deal with stress. And, uh, yeah, just give us a call right now on 1-800-324-843 and we will connect you with Camilla where you can uh, sign up for that course right now. Camilla, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
question of the day. Liam, what is our question of the day today? Question of the day. Uh, the question for today is, what is the gift of agency? Okay, this is an interesting question. It's not one that you come across too often. Uh, basically, you know, it's, a, it, it's, it's one of those in-house, in-church kind of terms uh, where if you belong to a particular faith, you'll know exactly what they're talking about. And when you talk about to the average person, like, huh, what's that? You know, um, we're not quite sure what you're talking And all churches have those kind of in terms. This one comes from the Latter-day Saints, uh, more specifically. And basically what it is, you know, in its simplest form, is that it is teaching that we are free moral agents. In other words, God has given us freedom of choice. Okay, so when it comes to freedom of choice, it's like, yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, we are free moral agents. God has given us the freedom to choose. Um, God has never taken away th- that away from us. All beings that God creates have the freedom to choose. All, you know, moral beings that God creates have the freedom to choose. So, you know, the universe that is out there has the freedom to choose because it is the freedom of ch- to choose that creates the possibility and the existence of love. Love does not exist without the freedom to choose. Therefore, love does not exist if we are not free moral agents. Therefore, love does not exist without agency if you want to use that particular term. So within my faith community, we don't usually use that particular term to describe it, but other faith communities do use that particular term. However, I do have a problem with the way the uh, LDS Church uh, takes this because uh, they have this view that we were spirit beings who then became human beings so that we could learn what sin was. And so only by learning what sin is can we be tested and can we appreciate what love is. I have a major, major problem with that because that says terrible, terrible things about the character of God. And if I've got this slightly off, then uh, I'd welcome someone from the uh, LDS Church to give us a call here. You can uh, we can put you on 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 air, and uh, you can make any corrections. Um, I'm just going off the material that I've been able to research online um, as a result of getting this particular question come through. So it goes a little bit like this, you know, Liam. Let's say that you have a family, you have children, and let's say that uh, well, let's imagine the worst possible thing that anybody could do to you. Someone murders them. Someone's kills them okay um well let's 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 ramp that up a little bit more let's say that somebody um tortures them abuses them in a number of different ways and then slowly kills them let's yeah. take it to the next level yeah yeah all right yeah um would you allow somebody to do that to your children so that you could you know test them find out whether they're loyal to you or not never no, no human being on the planet would ever do that because we are moral human beings who are created by God with a conscience. Indeed. And yet these kind of things happen, and when they happen, some people say, oh, we're just being tested. Okay, so that means that we serve a God who's like, well, I wonder whether you love me or not. I wonder whether your allegiance lies with me or not. So therefore, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to allow... You to be slowly tortured, you know, abused in the worst possible way, and then murdered. Yeah. Whenever somebody says that the reason that evil exists in our world because we are being tested, that is an absolute anathema 
that is saying terrible, terrible things about God that is making God worse than Satan. And, you know, you, you, basically the agency is all about choosing between God and Satan. You'd look at that and you'd like, well, you know, under those kind of circumstances, if I serve an all-powerful God who actually already knows my allegiance because he is all-knowing and doesn't have to test me to find out my allegiance, then if that is God, I don't want to have anything to do with him and you're going to choose Lucifer. Because like, well, I'll do anything I can to rebel against that kind of God. And so this is where I have a major problem with uh, the, not the concept of agency, but the doctrine of agency. Um, and, you know, when you think about it, to teach that God's children could obtain knowledge through sin that would advance them in any way, shape or form, and that could not be obtained any other way, well, that just agrees with the words of Satan. That's what Satan said in the Garden of Eden. Your knowledge will be advanced if you eat of this fruit. Well, it was advanced in a most disastrous way that our world certainly never, ever, ever needed and the universe could well have done without and will be forever removed from the universe and will never, ever come back again.